Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the new media show. And I want to welcome my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenley. Good morning, Rob. How are you? Good morning, Todd. It's great to be back. Um, fun times with some technical issues, which sometimes, you know, when you go live, it's uh, not everything works just right, as we found many times on this show. Yeah, and, and I may have self-induced some issues today. During this morning, I was getting everything up and running, and I always, uh, you know, I just get the stream ready, and I think I accidentally hit stream, and I think I streamed for about five minutes uh, live with uh, no shirt on. And that may have been long enough for Facebook to block my account. <laughs> That's awesome, Todd. Yeah. I love that story. Yeah. So I mean, who knows? I might be I might be booted from from Facebook. Who knows? But anyway, uh, we're here and we're we've got a guest, Mr. Rob Walsh. Good morning, Rob. How are you? <laughs> Good, gentlemen. Good to see you again. So, it's been too long. Yeah, you know, and it's just like it, it just the comedy of errors this morning because I hit the stream button and it was like, yeah, it's up and going, and then no, it died. So, yeah, who knows? But uh, anyway, everyone, welcome to the show. We got a lot to talk about today. We are we're only on YouTube, so I guess those of you that were planning us being on Facebook, uh, we're not here. <laughs> Well, I guess what the best place to get us would be just going to newmediashow.com forward slash live. So if you wanted to share that um, I don't yeah. know with others that are maybe trying to find us on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do that. So anyway, we're, uh, and of course you had uh, Skype problems this morning, so you had to reboot. It seems like 25% of the time your Windows machine doesn't like Skype. <laughs> well, I'm... <laughs> I'm bouncing back and forth between different different configurations for what I'm doing with uh, my my two different shows, and it sometimes causes a conflict in my system, I guess. Right. So, anyway, I just need to know that and make sure I make adjustments. Yeah. But sometimes I forget. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I think I'm. Yeah. Yeah. We are recording the show. That's a good thing. At least I hit all those buttons. So, anyway. Cool. Uh, Rob, you're saying there was a quote of the week that uh, before we got started here that uh, you wanted to share? Yeah, well, Tom Webster wrote a a, a really great article. I believe it was for I think how was it um, Neiman Labs? No, no, no. I no, it was for Radio. No, I think I'm confusing articles. I think it was for Neiman Labs. I think dot com. But he had this quote about the future of podcasting and uh, what's going to inspire fast growth is if we focus on creating, you know, content that's a little bit more mainstream and his quote of the week that I heard was we need to make, um, um, content that's, that's, uh, that's basically crap content. Right. Um, but it's, it's high quality content, mm -hmm. right? So it's this high, high, highly produced, more mainstream generalized content. So uh, the analogy that, that, that he used was the comparable analogy to uh, to the Roseanne TV show, right? It wasn't the best of content, but it was very well produced. So anyway, I don't know what you guys think about that quote, but. Uh, I, I don't know if I, I want to call podcasters content crap. Yeah, and I don't know if main quote, I guess you'd call it pop uh popcorn type content is going to be what's going to drive the growth of it. It's just, it's a long tail, just long-term, slow yeah. burn, slow growth. There's no hockey stick. 
this is not Oprah. Look, Oprah's in podcasting, right? That didn't do it. So <laughs> how more mainstream do you want to get? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a matter of, I think that there's a lot of players in this medium right now that are, are tired of seeing one, two, 3% growth every year. They want to see 10, 15, 20% growth every year. And I, you know, I just don't know if it's realistic to kind of come up with that. I think, you know, that there's people speculating about, you know, just having one or two buttons or only linking to Google uh, podcasts and Apple podcasts on your website or only, you know, narrowing down the, the focus of the medium. And I think it's a little contrary to what built the medium. I don't know what you guys think. Well, I, I think we should be everywhere and yeah, give right. listeners choices for everywhere. You know, so, you know, one thing we should ask Rob, uh, what, you know, we Rob, uh, Rob's Rob bottom <laughs> <laughs> and we're on Skype. Uh, Rob Greenlee's on the bottom monitor and Rob Walsh is on the top. For those of you listening, uh, uh, yeah. Rob Walsh, what did, uh, what was your takeaways from, uh, from podcast movement? I know that this has been probably talked to death on all the shows. Well, yeah, you guys covered it really well. And I want to, to reiterate that one of the things that you said, you'd mentioned the demographics. I mean, we were there, all, the three of us were there at the very first one, and it was 95-ish, maybe 97 or maybe even 98% male at that first one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And this one skewed, it was, it was a lot more women um, at this one. And, and we looked at it just from a, um, a point of view of just a non-scientific point of view is we ran out of our medium t-shirts on the first day. Mm. Um, and we always, you know, get the certain numbers and then we ran out of the smalls right after that. So didn't run out of the extra larges or the two X or three X. And I don't think it's because podcasters all of a sudden are becoming fitter. Um, I think it's the demographics have skewed and there's, uh, there was a lot more women there and, and, and that, That's right. that is obviously a great thing. I think we, you know, we take both, um, Mackenzie has ordered both women's and men's shirts and yeah, I do the same and I shirt. know I know that we gave away more women's shirts than we did men's shirts. So yeah, yeah. Um, I actually purposely ordered a lot more, um, you know, like mediums on, on on the women's side this year than I did the even the prior year because, like, you know, like you guys have been saying, I think we've been seeing this trend line for the last few years, where it's it's becoming, you know, the people that go to podcast movement is pretty representative of the general population now. So I think we're. Uh-huh. We're definitely, it's much more diverse. Um, it's not just additional women. There's a lot, lot of, a lot more diversity in the community right now. And I think that's, that's a good sign to the growth in the long run, I think. So I, I agree with you guys. Well, I'm uh, multitasking a little bit today. I'm talking to my admin over at Podcast Awards. We're going to release the slate here in a few minutes. And uh, he's like, can I flip it? Can I flip it? And I'm like, yeah, you can flip it anytime you want. So <clears throat> the, uh, yeah, you know, and I just you know I think that I think the overall the event was good, but uh, you know we talked about a lot of topics last week that got some some serious uh, you know there was a lot of chatter about the show last week specifically talking a lot about radio and you know some of the stuff that was happening at the show and of course this week there's been some new <laughs> you know some new eye openers that you just makes you want to <clears throat> grab someone by the shoulders and shake them a little bit, but um, you know. What, uh, you know, Rob, your, your session was probably full of the gills too, wasn't it? Oh yeah. My room was packed. Uh, 
I joked when I got up there, it was packed and it was hot. I go, okay, we're going to, we're going to learn about podcasting and lose five pounds in the next hour. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and, and it's, you know, nothing to do with the guys at podcast movement. That is not their fault on, on the air conditioning. Um, and it's actually great that the room was packed. So, you know, kudos, you can't ask for anything more than getting there in a full room and people, you know, telling you afterwards I couldn't get in. Yeah. So next year, hopefully, um, They'll have some bigger rooms, and 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 the AC will work. Yeah, I think they're gonna, that's something they're going to have to have as bigger rooms, just because they're getting more people. You know, that just more people are attending the sessions too. So, right, that'll and work we, out well. What they go from sixteen hundred to twenty three to twenty five hundred yeah. somewhere in that range yep. this time, and that that's a huge increase. That's a huge um, in one year. Mm-hmm. And I know that uh, it didn't look like Dan was too much worse from where and and Jared they look are all didn't look they were, they were stressing too bad. But uh, I know Dan was had a very determined look on his face most days. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't even bother trying to talk with him. I'm like, okay, this is, you know, well, we can always talk after the event. Yeah. Uh, let him get his stuff done. I'm sure his stress level was pretty high. So I'm, I'm uh, curious to get a reaction here. And I'm sure you all saw the headline yesterday. What do you think about a certain entity saying that they are, they're capturing two-thirds of the new podcasters in the podcasting space. Um, I, I'm going re- to change my definition of, of podcast. I always said it was you had to have an RSS 2.0 feed, be in, in, in Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and I'm going to add to it and have five episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and now let's rerun those numbers. Actually, actually, let's do you say you have to have three episodes. No, I'm going to go Minimal. five. We'll go five. I'm going to go five. <laughs> Yeah, I'm go five. <laughs> Rob, you're laughing. What's your what's your uh, what's your reaction to that? Well, I I mean I do think that it's it's kind of a, a reflection of where we are. I think that there's a lot of desire from some big investors, and we talked about this last week, um, that are interested in the space that want to grow it faster. I think that the common thread is that there's that there's more interest in the medium and there's more interest in growing it faster than we are growing today. And people are pushing the envelope and thinking that the pathway to do that is to do some disruption in the medium and to start doing things that, um, that I think all of us have kind of like said, we're just not going to do, we're not going to go there. We're not going to do those types of things generally. And, and, uh, I, I think we're in a different phase here. I think we're in a phase of, of, of maybe potential faster growth, but I'm just not convinced that no matter what these new people coming into the medium, that it's going to cause it to grow any faster than it's going to grow. It's it, as we all know, guys, I mean, this is a word of mouth medium. It's not a, right. it's not going to grow like Facebook or Twitter or YouTube. This is, this is a right. different medium than those. And based, now, I want to I want to give a number here. I want to give you some stats here. Oops. That company claiming to have brought in a third of the new podcasters. Um, one of the top four, five, top five, maybe three um, podcast consumption platforms looked over thirty days, and that quote unquote company in thirty day period, eighty percent of their shows had zero plays. Think about that yeah. number. Eighty percent had zero plays of those shows even their own podcasters weren't going in and playing them um and, and it got up you know almost to like 85 percent or or it's over well over 90 percent were less than yeah. um 
like a less than nine, uh, we're less than 10 plays. So it, the numbers are a complete wash show. Yeah. There's people coming in, they're lucky lose. They're seeing, Hey, does this thing work? Hey, is the mic on? Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Hey mom, look at me. Um, and that's their last episode and it's their first episode and it's their middle episode and it's their only episode. Doesn't even, that's not a podcast. That doesn't even qualify as pod fade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to pod start. <laughs> but you know, but that said, you know, you know, based upon the emails that all of our customers are getting, and we, you know, we have to disclose here, we all run and work in podcasting companies, is that they're desperate or there is entities desperate for content. They want content bad, you know, and you know, so if they yeah. can't get them on their own, they're going to go poach them from somebody else. Well, yeah, that's also the thing that happened this past week too, is efforts to, you know, steal customers from other people. And I guess this stuff has kind of been going on for a long time. So this isn't anything new. It's just, I think what's different about it is that it's, it's the efforts that are being made right now are very, um, their intentions could be kind of destructive to the medium. And I think, but I think, yeah, I wanted to mention here and just kind of throw into the mix that sure. I, I think all of us want to have, um, new podcasters come into the medium and, and I guess, um, and that's always what we want. Um, but I guess there's a standard, I guess that, that we have guys that, um, of how these podcasters come into the medium and what will create a situation where they, they can build something successful for themselves and not waste their time. And I think that's, what's kind of at the crux of the question here is, um, how can all of us, um, you know, learn from what this other company is doing and, and maybe make things easier. And, um, but making things easier also is a double-edged sword too. If you make things too easy, then I think you see what happens with this company Mm -hmm. is people don't come into the medium with the proper amount of respect for the medium and, and, um, and then expect something that's so easy. And, but it's, this is not an easy medium and no medium is easy actually to do it, do it well. You know, I, I, Go ahead. I was going to say, what I'm going to think you're going to see is some of these directories and, and places are start will start putting in a minimum number of episodes needed to get in their directory. And I, and I think that's that. Yeah. That's going to be the downside of what happens is before where you could have been a content creator launching a new podcast, really be behind it, that you're going to get in the future, you're going to get locked out of being in these new platforms because mm-hmm. they're going to look at all this crap and, and, and the work that it takes and how it's cluttering it up and say, you know what, forget it. If you're not five or more, you can't get in. And now we're going to come back to those days. Oh, you got to launch with five episodes again. And now we're back to that. You know, that um, was one of the reasons yeah. why when we did Tech Podcast in the early days, I required a minimum of seven, seven to ten shows. Because I would go through and people would apply to be on the website. And that they would be two episodes in and I would approve them. And then I'd come back a month later and look and there's still two episodes in. So it just became, like you said, Rob became a administrative nightmare to manage it. So I just made the, you know, seven shows is the minimum you have to have done at least before you even be considered. And that is still the policy I have over on that, that particular site. And it's served me well. 
Yeah, on our deal that we did with iHeartRadio, that there's a minimum of five episodes that have to be in your feed before iHeartRadio will accept your show. So there's a little bit of precedent for that. Um, but also, I I do kind of worry about that though too, guys, because because I know that you know that there are shows, uh, good quality shows that would love to start and get distribution before they kick off their first episode. So you know, it's it it's too bad that you know that opportunity would be spoiled. Um, because I mean, it would change the, the launch methodology for many high quality programs. So that's, that's the downside to it. Unless there's exceptions made for, you know, certain content providers. But at the same time too, you know, um, I've got podcasters that are coming on to me and I'm seeing questions being asked now that never has been asked before. You know, they're asking, do you, you're going to submit all my, you're going to submit my show to all these places, right? You're going to submit it to Apple. And and I'm like, no, we don't do that. Yeah, And I I tell people run away. I go, if somebody's submitting your podcast to Apple podcasts, I go run away. Right. So, you know, and, and, and then it's like, well, why, you know, and I, then I have to go through, so we've had to uh, create a whole brand new dialogue of tech support responses based upon you know, because everyone's thinking, oh, you're going to submit me, you know, and I'm like, no, that's not how it works. So, and, 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 and for the foretold reason. So, yeah, I agree. It is pushing um, an expectation that we're, the hosting platforms are going to, are going to take care of the promotions of your show. Um, you know, and that could be the fallout of this in the long run. Um, I don't know. Do you guys feel that pressure more and more too, to, to help shows gain, gain audience. Well, yeah, I mean, the two things people want are fame and fortune, right? Um, Right. So they they want anything, you know, how are you going to promote my show is a question I've Mm -hmm. been hearing forever. You know, how are you going to promote my show? And I, and I would say, we're going to give you the tools to help you promote your show. Mm -hmm. We're going to give you the tools, you know, to get out there to promote it. I go, but any, you know, podcast hosting company or any, company that tells you they're going to promote your show is, is you're kidding yourself because there's so many shows it, it, it's your job as the, the podcaster to promote your show uh, and you're and really it's your job as the podcaster to facilitate your audience to promote your show if you're smart there's right. and you know and it doesn't help too now because people are so desperate to promote their show and get it out there and get reviews and everything else now you've got you know all these uh all these folks are putting uh, fake reviews up. It's fake, you know, the fake review services. And I see more and more of those types of announcements, and they're you know being very bold and doing it right in social media, right in on podcasters' page. Hey, I, you know, I'll help you get a uh, hundred reviews here. Follow my website and pay me some cash. So there's some of that going on too. And podcasters are trying to grow their show. They think reviews are going to lead to more audience members, and we all know that's not the case. So uh, you know, it's always, it's always, uh, you know, you got to build organically and do the things you got to do in the trenches to build your show. Yeah. But it's, it, it is, you know, we, we also have to admit, you know, we're, we're okay. I've, I've been in space, uh, in since its beginning, you know, Rob, you have both Robs, you guys have, you know, even before yeah. and what we also have to fully realize is there's a new there's a new group of content creators that want, you know, they don't want to deal with, they want to make it YouTube-ish. So it's, 
you know, that's, that's what we have. We have to understand that too. Well, I think that there's a lot of content creators that are coming out of YouTube coming over to podcasting. And I guess they have a certain expectation that maybe comes out of that experience. Um, I don't know. Yeah. They don't want to pay for hosting. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. but, but at the same point, and we've talked about this before is that look what YouTube has done for monetization for a large, right. you know, 95 or 97% of their, you know, their YouTube, maybe even higher, maybe 99% of uh, channels on YouTube do not and will not ever get monetized. And those that are, the remaining 1% or 2% or eight, I don't know if YouTube's ever publicized those numbers or not, then you will, you know, if you say one bad word in your show, you're demonetized. You know, you can't, you can't use the F word or something and, and, you know, it's just like being on TV, beep, you know, and then your, your, your advertisers are removed. Well, you get put in the, you could put in the penalty box. Right. For a certain number of days. If you say, you know, the S, you you drop an S bomb or an F bomb. Uh, It's funny. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of YouTubers that I talk with now that are so frustrated with the, the monetization Nazis over there, as they call them. Um, that they're looking for other ways to to get out their show and have control of it and say whatever they want to say and not worry about it. Well, part of it was YouTube's fault to begin with because they didn't get ahead of some of these content creators that were, you know, recording and finding, you know, had found a dead body and, you know, all kinds of craziness. Mm-hmm. So it was their own fault. They, they didn't get ahead of their content control. And obviously they've got safe harbors issues they have to deal with and they have to wait for someone to report something. But, um, you know, with that big of a platform, how do you police it effectively? You don't. So then you have to go the other way and, and actually have, a, you know, very strict guidelines on who gets, who gets advertisers. That's how they, they solved it. You know, they just demonetize a group of shows because they didn't want to have to monitor as close. Yeah. And I hope we never, ever get to that point in the podcasting space. God forbid. Well, I do think that we're, we are coming into a new time to some degree. And I think we've seen a little bit of a glimpse of that, um, in what happened this past week. And I, I know we should probably talk about what happened this past week, um, with the Alex Jones podcast situation. I know that's a, it's a very divided subject. Um, but it, we did see some behavior on some of the bigger platforms to kind of, kind of take a stand on this kind of stuff. And it did fall into the podcasting world. Well, what, um, what, yeah. the, what those private companies decided to do, Rob, that was their decision. And, and it, it, is, right. it is what it is. But I think the bigger, the bigger concern I have, and again, it's sometimes the extremes that make you see how powerful RSS is, you know, essentially, yeah, he, he was removed. Um, he was removed from those platforms, uh, but he's still on the air. His RSS feed is still alive. Yeah, right. And whether you right, and, and he's uh, able to stream off of his own servers. Um, I mean, unless his CDN takes him down, he's his First Amendment rights have not been a hundred percent violated. So, you know, and and at the same time, but one thing that content creators have to think about here and really think about is as soon as Apple remove them, his shows from their directory, every podcast app that powers their app directory through Apple also right. 
And I, you know, I, yep. I, I, I laugh because I saw one, one app that was bragging on Twitter about having made the decision to take his content off the app. And I thought, you, you're, you didn't make any decision. A- Apple made the, the editorial decision for you. They removed the show, thus it's no longer available in the API, thus it's no longer available on your app. So to me, it was disingenuous comment that they had made. And my point was that the app, the folks that have apps are not being required to make the hard decisions about content um, that's out there. So, but it, it also should raise people's eyebrows a little bit because all these apps are powered off the Apple directory. What do you guys think about that? You know, it's, it's basically Apple's decision got his stuff. Now, again, I don't, let's not talk about the content. Well, I mean, I think he, I saw one of the quotes that someone said he said, and he did cross the line. And these guys are usually good about not crossing the line. And he said something about, you know, I don't, this is not the official quote, but what I read was that he said something about going and shooting Mueller or, or oh, going after Mueller. Oh, I'm not arguing and, and, the and con- once And once you, yeah, once you, yeah. once you cross that line, once you promote violence. Yeah. You're gone. You know, that, that's, that's, that's the line. Usually these guys are really good at dancing, tiptoeing up to the line. Right. They know where the right. line is and they yeah. don't cross it. I was actually surprised that he crossed the line. But I, I don't want to even argue the fact that he was removed. I don't care. That's Apple's decision. They did that. Okay. Those decisions that, that it's mute point. My point is, is that if Apple decided, and you know, this is probably not going to happen, but if Apple removed another show that they thought they didn't like, and again, this is a hypothetical, they are effectively removed throughout the entire right. podcast. It's ecosphere. a lot of power they have. Right. right. A lot of editorial power. It's about 80%. You know? mm-hmm. Again, I show in the slides, I go, it's not just the 62%, mm-hmm. it's the other 15% of those aggregator apps that pull from them. Yeah, it's the 15 Android apps, it's the six or yeah. seven iOS apps. Yeah, oh, there's a lot more. Yeah, there's a lot. There's, there's a, a lot, lot of little ones we don't even, we don't even talk about right. that never get, you know, hardly get any traction that are yeah. out there in the stores. But immediately, um, that editorial decision by Apple was what resulted in it Video that the ripple effect across all these podcast apps. So again, yeah. I, I don't want to argue that the content was needed to be taken up or taken down. That's, that's those companies decisions to make. Yeah. And I think it was a good example, Todd, of what you've been saying for, for a long time. I mean, Alex, he basically had a dual syndication strategy, which is, um, you know, has kept him alive. I mean, he had his own podcast feed off of his own server, that was primary feed that he had in um, Apple Podcasts, but he, then he also he also had a a secondary feed that he was hosting on Spreaker, um, and so I got pulled into the whole uh, situation because he used us to get into Spotify and into <laughs> um, the the um, the iHeartRadio platform and other places, right? So. So I got pulled into this whole thing too, and it was a very uncomfortable place to be, uh, as you might imagine, um, as these bigger companies are cracking down on this guy. Um, so, I mean, it was a tough decision for us to make, um, to, to take down. Now we, we didn't take down all of his shows because he had five that, that, that were hosted on our platform. Um, but we did take down his main one. 
Um, but it, it was, you know, it was a tough choice for us to, to decide I'm a free speech guy. I mean, I don't like taking down shows. I hate it. Um, there's, it's the worst thing in the world because as a hosting platform and you guys know what I'm talking about, it's a no win situation for us. Right. Um, I mean, I mean, no matter what we do, we get bashed. Yeah. Um, so all, all we can do is legally. And I talked a lot about this on my speaker live show this week. Really, really got into the weeds because my co-host is uh, is 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 kind of supportive of what Alex Jones is all about. So he was very vocal and created a a real strong dialogue between us on this topic. And I I really had to defend it <laughs> to some degree <laughs> our our choices and and what we did with this. Um, but you know I got you know I could really see from these companies because I got contacted by Spotify and they were. They were very, um, they were very <laughs> thoughtful about it. They they actually initially took down just two episodes, um, mm-hmm. and then ultimately, when Apple decided to take everything down, um, actually, they took everything down except for one uh, separate show because Alex had like five shows, uh, five separate show feeds, and they left up um, one of his show show feeds and. Um, and but eventually they all basically took most of it down. I think Apple how, how le- much left up bone one meal protein his, shake can you sell? Right. I mean, you know, I could kind of tell. I went and watched his his <laughs> video. I mean, I mean, he had his uh, live video show was still off of his website. He still had his RSS feed. He still had um, the ability to get into um, to some apps that. You, you could, you know, you know, we had to go old school, Todd. Old I mean, school. we had to go go back to where we started with this medium yep. on the podcasting side, and and it really was a eye opener when you really think back and you look back on what what happened to him. Um, that's where we all started. Um, there weren't aggregator apps out there. There weren't, and Todd, this plays right into what you've been saying for years: is that owning your own feed does <clears throat> put you in a position of control. Right. And so and I think, you know, just if you look, you know, it always is the worst, the worst stuff that goes on the space and that really makes you understand where the weak spots are. And right. um, in this instance, um, I think what the takeaway here is, is that uh, RSS continues to be the great equalizer and we can't be controlled, manipulated or um, taken out. Now, you know, you might lose your, you might have a uproad to hoe if you have, you know, if you're, let's say you're a white supremacist, you might lose your website, you might lose your domain, you know, you are going to have a challenge. Yeah, I mean, some people have lost their domains. <laughs> some right. people have lost their domains at um, different registrars. Right. And if that, not to that point. if that happens, it's, you know, it's pretty much game over. You know, you're going to have to figure out uh, other ways to get on, but for the you know for the 99.9999% of the folks that are out there that are uh creating great content today um i think that you're going to find that uh this is should be pretty reassuring to people that you, you can't be essentially uh, bushwhacked and taken out well i think that the last line <clears throat> of defense for online freedom of speech if you want to say that is the cdns right oh, that's <clears throat> true the too. guys that that um, host your website and and give you bandwidth at the top at, at the top end of the distribution uh, spectrum here, and 
up to this point, those folks that host Alex Jones, uh, I don't know if he's got his own servers co-located somewhere. I mean, that's what I did for many years. I had to have my own servers. I, at one point I had four or five servers co-located in two different co-location facilities to distribute my show. Um, and I wasn't reliant on a, you know, like a GoDaddy or somebody like that, mm-hmm. that had kind of a public presence. Um, but I think it in really the reason that I raised this is more to do with, with, um, I don't think that Alex got censored necessarily. I think that these companies and, you know, we're included in this. We have terms of service that, that we have and, and we're put in this position where we have to choose um, based on what our legal principles are that we've built our, our company to protect our users and to protect our company. And I, I think that is separate from free speech. So, um, so do yeah. you, Rob, do you think that the folks now will go after the CDNs and the hosting companies? Do you think that'll be the next line of attack that they're – that's I mean, we're going to have to watch how this plays out. We're going to have to see if this goes further. Or I mean, if, it's – it's a possibility, Todd. I mean, I think that 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 could happen. It depends on what he's doing on that side. Um, but that is his last line of of opportunity for his you know online free speech. Yeah, yeah. The keyword I mean, is online free speech. People go yeah. after everybody. I mean, oh, at, I at some point, if someone's offended, they're going to go after everybody they can. Um, we've had crazy requests or take shows down. I think, I think my favorite crazy one of all time was this woman complaining that this other woman had a podcast and she was talking about how her, her husband, uh, the crazy woman was, com- uh, the, the woman was talking. So let's say that the podcaster woman was saying that this crazy woman's husband was cheating on her. How did, how did the, uh, the podcaster know? Well, she was sleeping with her husband and she mentioned that and didn't name names, but gave enough information. And the lady's <coughs> crazy that he's like, my husband's not sleeping with her and you need to take this down. I'm like, lady, <laughs> um, if, if yeah. someone's saying they're sleeping with your husband, <laughs> asking for their podcast to be taken down is the least of your problems at yeah. this point. Yeah. Take it up with her <laughs> <laughs> and your husband. <laughs> well, and also, and I think we've talked about this on the show before, but, but, but the other thing that happens quite, quite frequently is when co-hosts get into feuds and oh. they start start you know uh, you know bashing each other on their show and one well they break know, up yeah they break, exactly a couple and they break up yeah and, well, and yep. love we, turns we, to hate we've got one in a court case <laughs> the, the show is sitting in limbo until the court proceedings are finished <laughs> we have a very right. simple policy at Lipson the email that registered is the owner it's not the credit card it's not who's paying for it it's the email that registered it that's it that's the only one that, that controls it period so when there's a couple breakup sorry i don't care that you paid for it every month it's their email address that's it yeah 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 but there can be it can get pretty contentious <laughs> oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean um we've had some nasty couple breakups where they got down and dirty and yeah you don't like you don't you don't like to be in the middle of that so one thing though we have to also recognize too in this whole thing with alex jones is that the if he'd been on radio he'd have been fired he'd have been gone you know well he is on 160 radio stations i didn't hear whether or not they pulled him off the air or not really yeah oh so is his content different on the radio than it is on his podcast, or is it the I same exact so. content? I don't, I don't think so. I think it's the same. And again, again, if it's the quote, if he said the quote that I heard read, he would probably be gone. 
I mean, because I think every one of us agree that when you cross that line and you promote violence, right, threaten, right, right, that's that that that's a clear line. I think everybody, even the EFF, everyone, you know how liberal we are or who you are, everyone agrees that's the line you don't cross. One one thing that um, I also found curious is that there was they spoke in generalities. They did not point to on episode eight thirty two at Time Hack. 15, 16. Spotify did though. Oh, times. they did. Yeah. Yeah. So Spotify yeah, actually, actually specifically they actually took down just two episodes. But did they, did they publicly say where in the episodes the violation happened? Or I did they just say, they, yeah, see, this yeah, is, I yeah. yeah, I don't think that they actually pointed to like a timestamp. Right. Or something like right. That. Yeah. So, because yeah. I think the, even in the reason they don't want to do that is because then people know where the line is. They say, oh, this is what got this person banned. I can go right up to this line. And if, as long as I don't go over that line, I'm okay. So maybe that's why they didn't give, you know, they, they talked in a lot of generalities, hate, violence, um, but they didn't give specifics. So, and, and you know, I don't, I don't have 50 hours to listen to that to go through and find that spot where that happened either. Mm-hmm. So... Nor yeah. do I want to. Right. <laughs> but it's but obviously it, a lot of people do. Yeah, well, I, and to, it's, right? you know, and again, I'm, I have never listened to his show, so it's not, you know, it's just, I don't want to have to, let me rephrase that. I don't want to have to go through 50 hours of content to find the 15 seconds that caused the ban, yeah, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, Alex Jones is not a new player to the no. podcasting speed. I mean, no. I mean, I had to, I had contact with his organization when I was at Microsoft working on Zoom. I mean, he's been podcasting for probably ten years. Yeah. Um. So he's certainly not a new player to this medium. Um. And but I do think that his his rhetoric over time has uh, as has changed. Yeah. Um. And got more and more extreme, so he can keep in the headlines, and that. I, like I said on my other show, I'm, Alex Jones is an entertainer, right? At the end of the day, he's looking to build a business. He's looking to monetize what he's doing. He's looking to stir people up. Uh, that's what those guys do. Let's be honest with him about it. He may believe what he's saying, but maybe who knows, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm not trying to get into psychoanalysis of someone's content. Yeah. That's not my job. Um, you bet. You bet. But you know, I think the, yeah, for, for all we know, he drives a Prius and is actually transgender. So right, you never know. Just right? Playing a character on <laughs> now, there's a headline. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's my conspiracy theory. That's awesome. Oh my god. That's awesome, Rob. Yeah. But I, again, though, I think that as a, as podcasters, we should be two things. And I guess I know we can wrap this up. I'm beating a bit, uh, beating a dead horse here is number one. The RSS feed is a great equalizer. Number two, Apple has a lot of content control over the space. Uh, just by so many of these apps are codependent upon their directory. That bothers me a little bit. Well, Man, you know, it bothers the me a first, lot. Todd, Todd, the first platform to completely take him down was Stitcher. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. No. Yeah. So they're, they're a directory. So, and it's a separate submission. They don't pull from Apple. Yeah. So you have to submit yeah, separate. Right. So, so like TuneIn, TuneIn doesn't pull and iHeart don't pull. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, you know, anyway. and, 
in most of these, how many apps now still allow you to manually subscribe with an RSS feed? Does most of them do that? Almost, almost all of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have to. Some of them you have to search real hard, but yeah. And some of them, by the way, some of the directories uh, apps out there, if enough people put in the same RSS feed, they add it to the directory. <coughs> gotcha. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's cool. Because I was, you know, I, I, I've been a podcast iOS app for years, and you know, I just maybe I, that's what I use. I, it works for me. So I've, uh, you know, I don't have a lot of opportunity. I just don't use a lot of apps. So I guess I need to go in and look and see. But that's, that's you know, that's reassuring because you're essentially, it's still, it's old school. Take this feed, copy it, paste it. Uh, and when you're on a mobile device, it's not as easy. So I was actually talking, you know, here's the, here's a thought then. How do we, how do we revitalize RSS so that it has more of the powers of what, uh, the one click subscribe and one click subscribe in, in Apple. How do we make RSS again a more viable without having to explain cut and paste and all this stuff? You know, I've seen some people saying, oh, you should have one click on your site and it should be one button and that will redirect to Apple this and Apple that. And when you do that, you remove the RSS from the picture. You That's still true. need to have a button for your RSS. You still should have, here's my RSS feed. You should have that on your website. How can we make that button more valuable though? Make that button more so that these folks that are didn't start podcasting in 2004 don't know that this is actually what powers this whole space. How do we make it, do we even want to even mess with that? I don't know if we want to mess with it because it starts getting the, the average everyday consumer coming to the site it's one thing to say, you know, here's the RSS feed. It's another thing to start going into too much about it. Right. I think it, it, RSS still goes over most people's heads, yeah. but having it available is is still, I think, very valuable. And 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 when I do come to people's sites and I don't see the RSS feed link, that bothers me. I, I think they really need to make sure it's there. Well, yeah. <laughs> the majority of podcasters don't give two wits about the RSS feed. They never put it on their website. So yeah. And you know, they know it needs to be how it works to get them where they need to get, but they don't like even having it on the site. But it may make listeners of today's show at least think a little bit about it. And and then I'm not saying that uh, Apple's going to go start randomly removing shows, but they have removed shows from the directory in the past. This is not something that's that's new per se. Well, and if if <clears throat> if these big platforms start getting <clears throat> flooded with episodes or shows that have um, only three episodes of people testing how to do a podcast and Apple's going to get, um, you know, these catalogs are going to get flooded with um, bad quality programs and they're going to have to start deleting more. I think test, test, test. This is a test. This is a test of my brand new podcast. I'm watching <clears throat> in two years. Test. <laughs> right. right. Does Apple want that stuff in their catalog? I don't think so. Well, it's, it's there. Well, they 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 put Anchor's logo up on the screen when well, they did the their show. You know, know they invited right. in the crap, so now they have to deal with it. <laughs> right. And oh. Spotify and all the other platforms are going to have to deal with it too. Yes, they are. Oh, by the way, I, I got an email from because I asked Spotify. Because I kept getting questions. What what does a play mean in Spotify? Oh yes, yeah. There we go. Seconds. 
Yeah, 30 seconds. 30 seconds. And it's going to change to 60 seconds. But for right now, it's 30 seconds. If someone has listened, at least there's, but the, the definition was still a little vague. That if they, if they listen at least 30 seconds, it's considered a play. Right. So now, how are if we... If they come back to that episode and they listen some more, it's not another play. Well, that's good. Because they know In how what people time listen. frame, though, Rob? Well, just as soon as you hit 30 seconds, it, it registers. Once you've gotten past 30 seconds of consumption in an episode, my understanding is that then becomes a play in their system that gets reported back in their stats. Okay. So how yeah, are we? What if they come back and resume? Then it, it doesn't. It, 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 it's it's it just once they hit the thirty seconds, it registers oh, as a play. That's, and that's it. it. Okay. Right. So okay. so if they come back and listen to another thirty seconds, that's not a second play. So we've went through all this pain. I mean, oh my God, we've went through all this pain of you know fighting for how many three years, four years now to get these IV guidelines in place, and, and we're you know we've made huge progress in that realm. Now I've got a new number for advertisers. How how do you, how yeah, do you how do we blend that we, in? Right? You, you can't yeah. blend it in. It has to be a separate reporting line. And then yeah, we we have it as a separate item. We 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 have the Spotify stats yeah, broken out. We as do a too. Separate item. We don't we don't merge them into the regular numbers. We say they're an addition. And then we just present it, going, "Hey, they had this number of downloads per the IAB, and then we had this number of plays per Spotify." So it's the same. It's the same situation because we really, you know, we we're getting the stat, we're getting the stuff to the IAB where it's pretty damn good. Excuse my French, but the the Spotify stuff is. I can see that going. I can't just talking to media buyers. Oh, how can you tell that they listened? And well, we can't right, tell that they. It's the same old conversation. It's the same right? story. Yeah. You know, so you know, my email is Spotify. And please, 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 give us some. You know, give us some Going more data. Give us some more yeah. data. You know, you've got it. They know. They know. You know, they got the client side data. They know when someone has stopped and and played and where. So I, I would really love to see that, but I I don't know if we'll ever get it. Because that really shows huge insights into their platform, too, that they may not want shared. Well, it gets back to the same thing. They're caching episodes um, and that that except that for isn't NPR. good for the medium, right? <laughs> except for yeah, NPR. Yeah, right. There are exceptions, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the first time we've said that, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Rob, so, what, are you, what are you seeing happen in this space? Anything that uh, you've got some takeaways or you're seeing what's going on? Well, I was, I was mentioning last night I was at an event that had 8,000 people, at the, over 8,000 people at this live event for a podcaster. Really? Uh, yeah. And, of course, it was Joe Rogan, so it's not a surprise on that, that name. But he was at an outdoor theater here in Kansas City, 8,000 people. Average ticket sales price was well above 50 bucks. And do the math on that. Yeah, nice, um, nice payday. Yeah. Wow. And then he was going down to then he was going down to St. Louis to do a theater down there, but I think that theater was smaller, only thirty one hundred. Um, but his t the ticket prices were much higher at the at the one down in St. Louis. So I I was looking at the prices there, and that looked like the average price was closer to a hundred. Yeah, good for so, him. Yeah. Wow. So he yeah, 
and you know, there's the power of podcasting, uh, being able to get a live audience like that. Yeah. Um, well, especially in one city too, that really speaks to the scale Kansas, of his show. And this is right? Kansas city. I mean, this is I know. Kansas city. I mean, this, <laughs> this isn't, this is, you know, isn't a huge Metro area compared to others. And, and he was able to get 8,000 people here. So, uh, it was, it was, it was pretty interesting. It was, it was a very eclectic mix of people there. Um, me and my wife were probably pushing the, uh, we were the one percenters at the top of the age group. Um, but there were definitely people there from 18, 19 and, um, and, and to 30, 35. That's probably where, where the majority of the people fell in. And I, you know, um, being in Hawaii, we don't get too many live concert events per se. You know, it's uh, Roman Mars is coming. He's had a third concert and it's all sold out. You know, you, they sell out in minutes. The bots end up buying half the tickets. You have to get them from scalpers. But the, uh, you know, we don't get a lot of live events. So, you know, being here, been here 21 years, I'm kind of sheltered. I don't, we just don't go to those types of events here because they just don't make it here. And uh, so it is interesting to hear 8,000 people showing up for his event in a, he said an open air park. So, open air, yeah. It's called Starlight Theater. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's, he is probably his overhead of doing that show there wasn't too high. And, you know, that, that makes for a nice payday. I wonder how that works out. You know, you guys have went to some of these live podcast events that we're doing at PodCon. You know, what are we seeing numbers wise at these types of events? You guys been to very many of these? Oh, it's oh, yeah. all over the map, Todd. I mean, there's small ones and there's big ones. I mean, I've, I've been to ones with Kevin Smith. I was actually mm -hmm. just at one. Uh, here in Seattle at uh, um, Ace Comic Con here in Seattle just here like a couple months ago. And um, Kevin Smith had like maybe a thousand people at his at this event. And Did he so, do it within the venue or external of the venue? Well, it wasn't s so much a live podcast. It's just, you know, he's a podcaster and he was, he was up on stage, you know, talking like he was doing a podcast. Mm -hmm. It was almost like a solo you know, keynote kind of thing, but it's, it's the same type of thing. I mean, he's gotten up on stage before I've gone to Kevin Smith's stuff in Seattle in the past where he had four or 5,000 people in, in the audience, um, doing his, one of his shows, right. I'm actually recording it and then making it available in his podcast feed. Right. So, yeah, I mean, th this stuff is going on all the time and there's shows that are making more money from doing live events than they are selling advertising. Love it. Yeah. And I was going to say, this brings us back to the question or some of the things we were talking about earlier. It's like, what's going to grow this space? Is this, is this space going to be grown by bringing in more content producers or is this space going to be grown by bringing more audience? We talked about podcast movement, how great it was that podcast movement had 2,500 people. Rogan had 8,000 in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. He's going to have another 3,100 in St. Louis tonight. Right? It's a drop I mean, in the bucket. That's, bigger right? Than, right? Yeah. That, that's much bigger than what we saw. The, the podcasters are a small part. The audience is really where the, where the masses are. The growth is about that. It's not about bringing in uh, tons and tons of new content creators. Um, it's about quality on the content creator side. Um, quantity, we got to talk about. That's when you talk about <coughs> the consumption side, and, and how do we get more and more listeners? And, and I think what you saw last night was eight thousand people that were at that show. 
you know all 8,000 of them are listening to his podcast. And, right. and, and if they hadn't been listening in the last couple of weeks, they're all going to be listening next week. Well, I think he's on vacation next week, but with his next episode when it comes out. Well, you know, I, and that really kind of points back to what, what we said at the top of the show. Tom Webster saying high-quality high crap. You know, um, <laughs> you know, there is something to what he's saying there. And, and I think Rob, you just tapped into it. It's, it's not so much that we're, we need more, you know, another hundred thousand or 200,000 podcasts. What we need is, um, you know, a, a good number of shows that are solid and will gather audience and grow this medium. Cause I'm not sure that distribution will grow this medium, um, necessarily. I think that you know, at the end of the day, content, you know, I mean, a lot of these, these studies are coming back saying we need to give listeners a reason to listen to these shows. Mm-hmm. What is, what is the, the reason? I think that's a much better question, um, than just making the show available in Google or making it available on Android. I think that's part of the solution, but, but I do think that there needs to be more of a focus on, on why someone would care to listen to a podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how you solve that, though. Well, yeah, I think you had you had a person on last week, and and he mentioned, and he said that it was it's it's hard to consume podcasts, and it's really not. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's it's two taps on your on on a smartphone to to listen uh, to a podcast. It's it's just asking uh, Siri on a HomePod to listen to a podcast. Uh, So consumption, the barrier to consumption has come way down from where, where. you know, we know how hard it was, right, in the early days. Right. Um, and, and it's gotten a lot easier um, yeah. to consume. Yeah. So it's yeah. about now, like you said, having a reason for them to wanting to continue to consume it. You know, there has to be the content there. And, and, and by the way, it's not all about huge blockbuster hits. It's about podcasts that hit the niche that that audience member, that specific audience member wants to hear. Someone may want to listen all week long about knitting podcasts right uh, or or podcasts you know the the horse podcast the chameleon breeding podcast having good quality content doesn't mean that it has to appeal to the masses it just means it has to be good quality content for the niche it's intended for Mm -hmm. there are still reaches reaches in the niches yeah i'm sorry i'm multitasking here rob if you can (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> lead the discussion for another minute or two. I'll be good. Yeah. I think that the, the question around content, I think is an important one. And, and, you know, the medium has been around a long time to, to really build out a lot of genres, um, out there. And I don't know. I mean, I think that there's an expectation this medium is going to grow faster and I'm just not, it's hard for me to think how that's really going to happen. Is it just because Google added, um, the, the support for podcasting and Spotify is joining the, the fray. Is that what's going to drive it? Rob, what's your thought on that? I mean, or is it just, you know, is it just going to keep doing what it's doing? Maybe two, three, maybe it's going to grow one, one or 2% more every year. Well, you know, we, we've seen decent growth, growth the last few years. I think a lot of the, what these folks want to see is not two X growth. Even they want to see 10 X, 12 X growth. That's right. Yeah, well, and, and that's just not that's what venture happen. capitalists want, right? Right, is right, right. Exponential. That, that's just not going to happen. Um, but we you know 25, 30, 50 percent growth um, is possible in a few years from where we are. You know, and in in a couple of year period, it does have 
part of that is part of the distribution. Making it easier for people to consume obviously does help, but that's mm-hmm. not going to cause the 20x. There's nothing that's going to cause a 20x growth or a 10x growth in podcasting. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, there are people getting into this space that will tell you, oh, no, no, marketing, marketing, marketing. And I remember at the end of Podcast Movement, I saw a Twitter stream that Aaron Mankey happened to lament in 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 Twitter that everybody was talking about marketing and, and nobody was talking about the content. And then all the marketers jumped on him like, oh, you know, you need marketing, da, 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 da. And they're all beating him up. And I'm looking at the people that are beating him up and I'm going, okay, all of these people combined aren't one-tenth the audience size as Aaron's show. You know, he does lore. And, and, and then some people were beating him up or disagreeing with him. They don't even have podcasts. I was looking at the people that were commenting on the string. And I was just laughing. I'm like, okay, because I think a lot of those people, some of them were just wanting to sell lipstick for the pigs, right? And, and they don't want to admit that you need to change the pig into something different um, to really make a show grow. Uh, so it is content. Good quality content still comes back to it. It's a slow grow. Um, mm-hmm. Will getting a native app making it easier on Android help grow podcasting? Absolutely, absolutely, it will help. It, yeah. But it's not going to be it's not going to be ten x or five x or anything like that. Right, guys. Do you think that the growth of uh, podcasting over the next couple of years is really going to be seen more um, outside of the U.S.? I, I think it's it's going to continue to grow like it has in the United States. I, I, unless a, com- a country has a breakout. I don't see, I don't know. I don't, I have to go look at, uh, you know, our, our hosting numbers. I don't see a big influx and I see them continue to trickle in, uh, from various countries. So I don't know, Rob, what do you think? I think, I think it comes down to, it's going to be slow grow on those countries, but I think it's going to be percentage wise for those countries faster than it is in the U S I think the U S mm-hmm. isn't going to, I mean, we've got close to as you know, um, where we can get as far as getting the word out. People know about podcasting. There are countries out there that don't know about the word podcasting that mm-hmm. if you were to ask them what a podcast is in in some countries, you probably get 10% if that, um, that know of it or have listened to it where in the u.s what was the last numbers from medicine's well over 60 percent now know what a podcast is um so you know more people know than don't know in the u.s that's not the case in other countries well i did see some of the edison research up in canada and they have a stronger um percentage or a larger percentage of people of the of the population that listen to podcasts than the u.s house um i thought it was an interesting trend line i, I just wonder because what i'm seeing outside of the u.s uh is it appears that Maybe. it's growing faster than it is here um, but they're also behind too right they're they're like at least three or four years behind the u.s as far as adoption of the medium I was going to say, maybe it has something to do with being cold because Sweden's really popular, but, but Brazil is also has good <laughs> consumption too. So that throws the, the cold out. Maybe if right, it's too right. hot or too cold, it does well. Um, there you go. Yeah. So for those of you that are live that are interested, the slate is now live on podcastawards.com. <laughs> oh, okay. That just happened just now? Yeah, just now. That's why I'm, you've been hearing me in the background going... <laughs> 
I'm, multitasking. Yeah, I'm, I'm, ta- yes. I'm talking with the tech guy, you know, and saying, okay, flip it. Go ahead. Turn it on. <laughs> All right. Well, so I'm going to well, go ahead and read, read, the, read the comedy ones because that's the, yeah, comedy is the number one topic. Uh, comedy one. Two, uh, the nominees are, oh, what was he? Uh, okay, hang on. Refresh the page. Oh, it's not up. Because at least one thing we can all agree on has been the comedy's been the top. Uh, it's uh, not up. I, shit, I as far as up. consumption. Right. Yeah. It's not up. I accidentally overwrote it when I updated the page, so he's going to have to go back in and re-edit the code. That's funny. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. Do I, is there a way to look at the history? It's a little hashtag thing he has to put on the page. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, when he fixes it, I'll, I'll do it. I was editing when he was editing. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Anti-climax here. Um, so are we all go- going to PodCon this year? Yeah, I, I, we're definitely in to go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, in matter of fact, uh, I think Mackenzie was, has been pinging them over there and we're, we're kind of waiting for their, their, their package. Yeah. Uh, Rob, are you thinking that you're going to attend? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we haven't finalized it yet, but yes, that's one of the ones on my list that I'd like, like for us to be at next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you go to podcon.com, you can actually get, some of a clue of what's going on there. I don't believe that they've put up a lot of what they're doing yet, but uh, that seems to be a, a, an event that's growing quite rapidly and, and building some momentum in the space. Um, uh, and it's coming up, I believe, the 19th and 20th of January of next year. Mm-hmm. So correct. just to let everybody know. Are they um, I mean, they're doing a crowdfunding again too, right? They're raising money yes. through crowdfunding. Correct. I thought that was curious. That they were doing that year two, so they still well, charge for, for year one. I guess they still charge for tickets, right? Last year too. Yep. Oh yeah. Hmm. So they don't think they have enough groundswell yet to pay for it just out of ticket registrations. How's their fundraising going so far? I think they seem to be doing okay. Yeah, I haven't checked on it here lately. Yeah, I was gonna load it and look. Podcon.com. And, and they are the folks that run VidCon, aren't they? Yeah, Correct. Same, same group. It's the same. Um, so they have a pretty big user base um, or customer base there to pull from. To yeah, get the word it's, out. yeah, it's actually, it was started and it's run by Hank Green. <laughs> and and then also Jim Lauterbach is now the CEO of, of, uh, of VidCon. Now, PodCon is kind of like a separate division of the of the group. Um, it's kind of Hank's kind of side project, but it's definitely in the family, as they say. $143,000 they've raised of their 300,000 goal, 1,345 backers. So it's just, that guy can raise some money, can't he? He's a machine. Well, it's a big venue, what they rent every year too. I mean, that Washington State Convention Center is a pre primo primo uh, facility. So yeah, I'm sure it's expensive. Yeah. I've never done it. I've never seen how those deals work. I think, you know, oftentimes the convention costs are largely offset by the number of vendors you have, but 
mm-hmm. their vendor pricing last year was really inexpensive. So I wonder if that's going to change this year. No, it was it was no. it was it was very high. Oh, was it high? Yeah, they should leave no, it just no, where it was. Yeah, yeah, it's actually a six hundred dollars this year. It was five hundred last year. Oh, like I said, yeah. it was. <laughs> you're being facetious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the cheapest event ever. Yes. You know, Shh, Todd, don't tell him <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> I got my NEB bill here recently. I'm like, oh my God, you got to be kidding me. Well, even podcast movement was certainly nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. So first I'll, I'll of, get some of these marketing events and they'll come up and they're like $20,000 for a 10 by 10. And we're right. going to 300 people. And I'm like, yeah, we'll pass. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'll, right. I always, when they, when they get those types of emails, I, I take the sponsorship amount and then I put a division sign and then I put the number of people they're having attending and I'll put equals and then, uh, then I'll do a second line, uh, cost effective, and I'll put a different number divide, and then, and send them basically the comparison. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And they hate it when I do that because, <laughs> you know, I'm essentially putting a value on the per head attendee price, which was what you have to do. Right. Uh, you know, and I have, you know. If I'm going to have an ROI, I just can't come to the event and not have some ROI. You know, like, okay, events like podcast movement, it's a little different. It's our industry event. We have mm-hmm. to be there. You know, you, you, you pay the price and you go. But when it's, uh, when it's a, a different group, you know, it's, um, and they're not primarily podcasting stuff, then, yeah, it's like, okay, I'm going to have 20 people that are out of the 300 that are interested in podcasting. Yeah, did you guys see this uh, story in Pod News about Spotify enabling the sharing of podcasts directly into the Instagram stories? Um, yeah, it's I not live yet. Oh, Is it's it not live, live yet? yet. Yeah, it, 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 eventually it'll be live, I believe. Um, but it's not it's not live yet. You can share music right now. You can go into Spotify and you can share music right into uh, Instagram. But mm-hmm. when you go to share um, uh, a podcast track. Unless they've, I haven't updated my Spotify app, and I'll do that while we're talking. But unless they've uh, changed it, that's not available yet. So does it uh, when you share? Does it share the whole track when you share into Instagram on the music side? Um, I I would imagine, unless I, I don't believe that Spotify is doing any kind of clip clip uh, activities. Well, this is going to increase increase the feeding frenzy because now the new mastermind groups are like, you got to be in Spotify. And when you're in Spotify, when your episode's up, then you have to go in there and share on Instagram. You right. know, yeah, that'll be the new, that's an extra forty nine ninety five for that, uh, for that piece of information I just shared there. Right. There you go. <laughs> and, and, and we're talking, that's 4, worth 2000 bucks. Right. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, the original course was a yeah, nineteen ninety five for three right. hours only. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so we, you've been all over the place today. So, Dave, we talked. You guys were talking a little bit about radio while I was typing away. Um, I don't think Rob's talked about radio much much at all. Know, I'd like I, to hear his thoughts. They yeah. they really reacted to Elsie saying that podcasters are scared, uh, and that started a new narrative. We're going to have to tell Elsie not to say that again. She says that pod, she she had made a mention in the session that uh, podcasters were scared of radio, and to me, that's I don't. Do you know where she's coming was, on that? Yeah, no, I think I think there was a little mis. Well, it was um, apprehensive would be the word or. 
concerned, but I wouldn't say, uh, you know, we talked about it on the last episode of the feed. We got into talking about that and, and, and her quote and, and, and the article. But um, I think in a lot of cases, radio is more afraid of podcasters and podcasters are afraid of radio when you look at how they actually are re- reacting out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we look at, I think we look at radio as, eh, and radio looks at us as competition. And we look at radio as, eh, okay, whatever you guys want to come in, fine, come in. It's an open place. Anybody can come in. Um, but there's definitely some people in radio that look at us like we shouldn't be anywhere. We shouldn't have, we, we shouldn't be allowed a voice. We don't, we don't have a call letter. Right. Um, or, or the quote, the one guy told me from NPR, you know, it was like, you know, uh, originally NPR, you know, public radio was meant to give a voice to the, to the, to the people, mm-hmm. you know, give anybody a voice. And then, mm-hmm. then when podcasting came around, they said, well, we didn't mean that anyone. Right. Okay. So here's the, Here's the nominees in comedy. Two Girls on a Beach, Bob and Cherry, botched a D&D podcast. More questions than answers. Nerds with words. Tell them, Steve, Dave. The Bearded Ones comedy podcast. Detroit cast. The odd cast. Weird. Those are the 10. The ones that were nominated in the uh, People's Choice category was around the NFL. Bob and Cherry. Derek and Romaine. Fantasy Football Today, For the Love of Jen Hatmaker, Outlander Cast, Tell Him Steve Dave, The Fantasy Footballers, Tribal Warfare, Vox the Weeds. The sports shows, I'm going to tell you, the comedy shows and all these other folks better get out the vote because, well, they really can't get out the vote. There's 1,100 people that will be voting, uh, randomly picked um, from all the the folks that did nominees, but the you know, the sports shows always seem to do really, really well in people's choice. But, and then there was one category. All you had to do was to register in the category and you made it. I mean, the mature category only had, check this out, of the, I think we had, and I have to look at the total number of shows that registered, but the mature category had one, two, three, four, six, eight shows. Only, reg- eight, only eight shows registered in mature. So next year that category is going to go away. We'll replace it with something else. All right. Hey, and we have a correction from the earlier conversation. Spotify does have the share and Instagram stories oh. now available in the latest update. So I just updated the Spotify app. And if you go in, find your podcast, um, find an episode, click on the three little dots next to the episode, then click on share. And you will see now uh, right below messages, you'll see Instagram stories and you can now share that. So it goes in Instagram stories. Interesting. Yep. Mm-hmm. How do we get the total number of listens or watches out of Instagram? <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> good luck with that one, right? Yeah, it's well, you know what, baby. That's part of nothing. you know. I think that's part of the next kind of phase that we're going to have to deal with here, guys. It's um, it's co- content that's derivative, right? I would put this in the category of a little bit of a derivative content distribution, right? Um, how are we going to track that stuff? Um, you know. I mean, it's, it's just another distribution method that kind of disappears into the ether kind of, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't look yeah. at, I don't look at it as a distribution method. I look at it as a marketing method and I don't look at counting it. I look at it as this is a way to, to get word out. This isn't really the consumption. This isn't how people are going to consume it. This is how the people are going to discover it. And then eventually once they discover it in Instagram, it's not going to be the ideal way for them to keep consuming it. 
if they actually like the content, they'll move over to an app that's actually more in tune with consuming. Yeah, oh, I agree with you on that. But you know, who knows what's going to happen over here? I mean, Instagram is becoming a huge, huge um, distribution platform for content. So, you know, they I, may evolve their model. I don't go to Instagram for 30 minute podcasts. I go to Instagram maybe for a two minute or whatever they allow video snippet. I, I don't know. I, I don't, well, I guess I'm maybe I mean, not that demographic. Well, I mean, think about the name Instagram. It's, it, it, it doesn't say Insta photo, right? right. Um, now, now, now granted they're getting in, <laughs> That name opens the door to a lot of stuff. It could be video. It could be audio. Um, who knows? Maybe this is Facebook's kind of media consumption app. You know, I don't know. I'm just thinking well, it's, it's into the future. It's here. curious that we're using Spotify to get into Instagram. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, because Spotify's got a lot of content in it. So I guess it makes sense to some degree. But now you have to wait for your episode to show up in Spotify, then mm -hmm. manually go over, find it, episode, hit the triple button, uh, triple dots, then share, then <coughs> Instagram stories, and then it opens up Instagram, and then you say, say share a story. Well, there's therein lies a hack. Someone's going to figure something out to automate that. <laughs> right. That's our job, guys, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So but, guys, I'm right. going to throw this out. I mean, is is crowdfunding a business model? Okay, so um, <laughs> all the podcasters are out there. They can answer this for us. There's some in the chat room here that's been uh, hanging out with us. So if you took all your listener donations that you've ever got, what would point... What would 5% of that be? And just those that are in the chat room can, and I'm talking about the lifetime of your show. Over the last year, let's say the last year, if you're getting any donations for us, what, what would 5% of those donations equal up to? Let's see if anybody's brave enough to respond. Well, here's what I would say. There has always been crowdfunding in podcasting. Back right. from Leo's early days, yep. putting a donate with PayPal button on there. <clears throat> Dan Carlin, Hardcore History, his crowdfunding. He makes incredible amount of money from his crowdfunding. Matter of fact, he makes more from the crowdfunding and, and donations than he does from advertising. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's part of it. But it's not anything new when people – certain apps release a thing. Oh, we're going to now do this – Okay, Patreon's been there and PayPal's been there for a lot longer than that. So this is absolutely nothing new when it's just another person doing it. Um, but you know, crowdfunding is part of podcasting. It's been there since the beginning, which has mm -hmm. had been called many different things over the years. Here's something that's really cool, and I'm going to show you guys something here. Here's something that's pretty awesome. On my website, on my website, I have this real cool thing here. It's a... You know, it's a, it's a donation page. Become an insider, Geek News Central. There's a little subscribe button there from PayPal. And they can, they can choose the, you know, the amount of money that they want to donate. They can start at five bucks, two bucks. They can go all the way up to, I even got $50. And, you know, they got some big donator numbers in there. Now all I got to do is click the little subscribe button. And guess how much percentage I give a third party. <laughs> 
I give well, them give. nothing. <laughs> I keep it all except for the PayPal transaction. Right. PayPal get a, gets a fee. Right. But still, no one's writing me a check. That goes right in my PayPal account. So why would a why well, I guess if you have no website <laughs> If you have oh, well. no website, I guess you need your host to put that on there for you. Sure. Uh, gosh. Really, I think at the end of the day, I mean, the reason I pose this question is, do we think as we look to the future of this medium, um, is crowdfunding going to be more important than it is today? It, it, I think it is more important for the group that are getting between 500 downloads and 5,000 downloads for sure. Yeah. I, I, you're going to make more money from crowdfunding than you're going to get from advertising at that level. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's immediately when, you know, we've all had these calls or had these emails where the, someone wants to monetize and you, you know, flip up and look at their numbers and you reply them back and tell them, well, why don't you wait? And they said, well, I can get $600 for my show. And I'm like, mm, no, you can't. Um, you know, if you can, please, uh, I've got a lot of inventory that we can move at $600, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you can, if you can find the magic sauce on that, please inform me and I'll, I'll turn inventory over to you carte blanche. But, uh, yeah, it's, that's the case in the smaller shows, probably like you said, you know, I've always said on my show, if I could just get my, if I could get my entire audience, even on this show. If we put a PayPal link up on this show, Rob, and we said every we'd like everyone to contribute two dollars a month, you and I could uh, we wouldn't have to work so hard. <laughs> I think we still would, though. <laughs> yeah, we'd still work, but we'd you know we might actually be able to you know take a real vacation from time to time. You know, <laughs> well, I mean, there are some big shows that have gone that way. Sam Harris, you know, waking up with Sam Harris has stated he's not going to take advertising. He's going purely for crowdfunding. And, and that's the way he does it. You know, he, he's gone 100% in on it. Now, I think some people do, do, the, do the hybrid mix, like Dan, where you do both advertising and crowdfunding when you're big enough. But I think if you're, and no matter what size podcast you are, you should have some sort of crowdfunding, some way from people to donate to your show. Even if it's simply the donate button on the site. Just, yeah. Hey, you like it? Donate. Yeah. Whatever. I don't care. How much? You got value? I mean, Dan used to say, it still says, you know, a buck a show. You like it? Donate a buck a show. These are nice guys. Mm -hmm. So is it the responsibility of um, our, our platforms to make that easy, you think? Well, I, I think it depends on the platform. If you're Podbean and you're locked into their ecosystem, yes. But, you know... I know maybe with your guys, Rob, maybe uh, with Rob Walsh, uh, Greenlee, you guys are, but Rob Walsh, you guys have a hybrid. You guys have some people that use your site, some people that don't, and then, but those right. that do still can change the template. So, right. <clears throat> Even the ones that use our site, the site has a widget. You can right. put an HTML5 widget in there. You yeah. can put a donate button in. I actually have it on showing on, on one of my sites. I've got, you know, shows a little widget with the donate button right in there. So, yeah, it, yeah we make it, you know, we don't want to restrict it. Uh, my question is this, is, you know, they say, what should we be doing this for that? What's the value we're adding to the producer by doing it? 
you know, what's the value that some of these people are adding? A lot of times the, the value they're adding is to their own pocketbook, but not to the producer's pocketbook. And so you have to wonder about that part of it. Well, it's not a profit center for us, mm-hmm. you know, and if it's a profit center for your company, and you have to ask, you know, we've went the route of we went the route of um, making MyLibsyn, which is the premium, where you offer content in exchange. So you're actually offering a premium content rather right. than a donation model. Right. Because some people don't want to go hand and, and people hate when they say this, but when you you put a pure donation button, you're basically putting a hat out there saying put money in the hat. Yeah. And some people aren't comfortable saying that. Some people can't do that. Um, they're okay with saying, hey, I got this extra content. If you give me some money, you can have access to it. And they feel better with that. Different people have different levels of comfort. Um, I am one of those. I would rather say to someone, I've got something extra for you. Give me some money rather than saying, just give me money. Um, but it, varying people have varying levels of, of what they are comfortable doing and not doing. The, you know, being that I have advertiser in my main show, um, I think people feel less obligated to donate because they know I'm getting a, a, a check from the advertiser. Right. And, uh, but I've tried to emphasize over the years that, uh, you know, this party's been going on a long time. It's, you know, I've been sponsored with them for 14 years. It, you know, I'm still, uh, beholden to performance. I have to perform. If I don't perform, then there's no guarantee they're going to, they're not going to stay sponsoring my show out of the kindness of their heart. You know, so I've tried to hedge over the years and building up enough listener support that things won't completely tank if I, you know, if I lose my primary sponsor. You know, I have to go out there and hustle and get another one for sure. But it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, I think that's my, been my main goal was to, to build up a base that we wouldn't completely have to shut down everything if we lost a sponsor. But I'm also paying bloggers and I have, I have ongoing monthly expenses for the, for the site, you know, just to keep things running the way there are. It's about, it's about a thousand bucks a month, but not all podcasters are, you know, they have a hosting fee. That's it. Usually maybe a, a web host fee. They don't have big outlays. So what do you guys think of the announcement that Audible, I don't know if it's an announcement, oh. but Audible yeah. kind of getting out of podcasting? Well, they never were in podcasting. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's I, a whole other twist on I it, mean, right? The yeah. irony is Audible actually has podcasts. They actually have a few really good podcasts that are their yeah. own created content that they create and make available as podcast, which is mm-hmm. different than the content that they were trying to bring in from other people that they didn't make available as podcasts. So the podcast that Audible did have had nothing to do with the group that said they were going to do podcasting. So I'd go weigh that. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think it, I don't think it was anything other than, yeah, they, they tried an experiment. It didn't work. Yeah. I definitely think that, uh, that's exactly what it is. And they weren't really in podcasting. So. Yeah, I think we were pretty, we were fairly critical of them for going around saying that they were a podcasting platform when they, at the time they didn't make much available outside of their, their own little, um, or their own listening kind of proprietary platform. Mm -hmm. Um, but then they started to put some of their shows outside of that platform 
And, um, but maybe it was a little too little too late for them or it just didn't scale or they had too much competition in the market or something. Um, but that team seems to be dismantled now, right? They're gone. Well, this is not yeah. their first rodeo either. So, Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Well, we could talk and about there, the past. And again, yeah. And, and there's another group inside audible that is actually doing podcasts. So they do have podcasts, but did they, yeah. are those, there was some Folks question. Are, are, yeah, they, are they still there? Yeah. 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 That's, that's reassuring at least for those content creators. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think they had what a, a half dozen shows that were, that are actively being produced. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And some of them are getting really good numbers. So, yeah. Well, folks, even though we started late, we're, we're nearing an hour 30 here. So I want to okay. wrap us and up. And my wife's poked her head in twice. Oh, she has. So she's like, <laughs> yeah, what so are you the doing? Third time I'm going to be in trouble. All right. So <laughs> Rob Walsh, how can they reach you? Uh, Rob at Lipson.com. Uh, and you can find me on the feed with Elsie, thefeed.lipson.com. You can find us there or, or just search for the feed Lipson. You have to add the word Lipson. It won't show up in iTunes and, and other places. Rob Greenlee. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rob Greenlee. Uh, you can reach me via email, Rob at uh, Spreaker or Rob at VoxNest.com. And um, you can go check out my my very um, uh, kind of argumentative uh, episode <laughs> at the SpreakerLiveShow.com, uh, the most recent episode there where I talk about the Alex Jones stuff. So I bet you that's a fun one. All right, of course, I'm Todd Cochran, Todd at Blueberry.com, at Geek News on Twitter. You can find me at geekingcentral.com, of course, here at newmediashow.com. Subscribe, please. And, of course, your podcast, which you can find at powerpresspodcast.com, which is the bi-weekly podcast Mike Dell and I do about podcasting it over at Blueberry. So uh, thanks for hanging in. Thanks for showing up late. Sorry we weren't on Facebook. Again, I think I banned myself by streaming for five minutes with no shirt on. Yes, sorry for those of you that had to throw up in your mouth. Um <laughs> But uh, that, that, that video will be up on you porn in about 10 minutes. I told Daniel in text, I said, and lucky you told me because three minutes later or two, 30 seconds later, I'd have stood up and they'd have seen me in my underwear. So yeah, <laughs> not, uh, not a good thing. That, that would have been great. So, all right, everybody. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time. Everyone take care. Aloha. Bye. Bye.